Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Disclose.tv, which is wrong about as often as they're right, is saying there's heavy fighting between Russian and Ukrainian forces in the Chernobyl area. There could be, but there were all kinds of reports of that last night, and it didn't turn out to be true. I assume at some point that will be true. If you uh, are just joining the world, um, starting last night American time, but 5 a.m. Ukrainian time, bombs started falling. And uh, it is clear now, beyond a doubt, it was announced by Putin, he believes uh, Ukraine is full of Nazis and that he needs to take over that country to keep russians safe so the whole i just i I don't know why for 48 hours he pretended and we went along with the idea that he was just going to take that little chunk of land there i don't know what that was for um i don't know do you have any idea why he did that why do you do it that way well uh, yeah uh, pledging that you're going to be incremental and just want a little is just oh it's the dictator's hand well i realize that but for two days I'm not sure where that bought you. But anyway, um, that's what he did. He claimed he just wanted those uh, little Eastern Russian-speaking parts of Ukraine there for a while. Declared them countries, even though nobody else in the world recognizes them as countries. But he's gone ahead and invaded the entire country of Ukraine now, so none of that stuff really matters. Right, right. Uh, Another headline, Poland, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania have decided to trigger NATO Article 4 which dictates that member states will, quote, consult together whenever the territorial integrity, political independence, or security of any of the parties is threatened. Um, so NATO is going to get together. We're deploying more troops to the eastern uh, NATO countries, including Poland, uh, as a deterrent and just to beef up security, it's being said, which is, I'm sure, true. Um, although it, it quote-unquote, ratchets up the tensions and increases the chance something unfortunate might happen, but you've got to do it anyway. Oh, no, you have to do it. I'm all for it. I just wonder if Putin is actually become kind of a paranoid lunatic the way Macron and others have said they think he is. Remember President Macron of France saying he's changed over the last couple of years. Putin has changed. He's gotten weird and rambling and paranoid. If he actually has, and all of a sudden... The 82nd Airborne is on the border of Ukraine, and NATO is putting troops everywhere. Who knows how the paranoid lunatic's going to react to that? Yikes. Um, and in his speech last night, this is probably the biggest part of the entire story today, because this was not necessarily anticipated. Him invading Ukraine was anticipated. Putin saying this, he warned other countries that any attempt to interfere with the Russian action would lead to consequences they have never seen. That is clearly a threat of a nuclear power using that power, if you get in his way, isn't it? Absolutely. Everybody yeah. interpreted yeah. it that way. And so that's that's playing a heck of a card right there. Yeah, I'd say. Meanwhile, in Ukraine, uh, President Zelensky tweeted, another mark of the modern world, uh, that the government will, quote, give weapons to anyone who wants to defend the country. Be ready to support Ukraine in the squares of our cities. Wow. You know, if 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 uh, if the thinking in Ukraine is if we kill enough Russians fast enough, Putin's going to back off because the Russian population will abandon him. Then I'm out in the street with a gun with everybody else trying to shoot Russian soldiers because that might work. That might work. Wow. Wow. That's Crazy. a hell of a thing, though. What about sanctions? You're asking. Are you really asking that? 
Uh, it's not clear exactly what the next tranche of sanctions will uh, be, but uh, countries have theoretically been keeping their powder dry, considering cutting Russia out of the SWIFT financial system, which is seen as uh, really a big step in reordering the world order. Uh, reportedly finalizing export controls targeting Russia's technology and manufacturing sector. The manufacturing sectors. Name one thing in your home that was made in Russia. Yeah. Even one. I heard uh, somebody brought this up the other day. Anybody got a Russian car? Anybody got a Russian cell phone? Anybody got a Russian stereo? Anybody have any Russian shoes? Is there anything they make in Russia that the rest of the world buys? Not really. Uh, so it just gives you... A, an indication of how hollow Russia is. They got right you know, tremendous energy resources and minerals and that sort of thing, and a crazy powerful military. But they don't they don't provide the world anything. Well, an increasingly grumpy population too, which brings us to the significance of Ukraine economically. Uh, here's some uh, significant numbers. It ranks number one in Europe in proven recoverable reserves of uranium ores. Number two in Europe, tenth in the world in terms of the titanium ore reserves. Second place, uh, manganese. I do love my manganese. Second largest iron ore reserves in the world. Uh, second place in Europe in terms of mercury ore reserves, shale gas, uh, etc. Fourth in the world. Fourth in the world by the total value of natural resources. Holy cow! Number one in Europe in terms of arable land, in terms of agriculture, uh, tremendous black soil, sunflower oil, sunflowers, barley, giant exporter of corn, potatoes, rye, bees, wheat, chicken, eggs, etc., etc. Um, and then they are a uh, robust manufacturer as their admittedly imperfect and sometimes corrupt democracy has yielded the sort of economic freedom that generally results in huge economic growth. So they are this jewel of productivity and resources that Russia, with its crappy, not terribly functional economy, has been eyeing uh, jealously for a long time. That's a lot of it. John Stewart, remember him of The Daily Show, tweeted out, this effing Russia thing has echoes of a world war. I agree. I don't think that's the most likely thing, but it's certainly a possibility that this spills out into other countries and turns crazy ugly, crazy fast. There was really no chance of that happening when we're battling in Iraq or Afghanistan or anything like that. But this, God, you got too many modern militaries side by side, threatening at the highest level. It's something to watch. The whole question of Putin's rationality. I mean, I have never, in following this guy for decades, doubted that he was coldly rational. And that's a comforting thing. He might be evil. He might be heartless. He might be bloodthirsty, greedy, a hundred different awful qualities. But as long as he's rational, he's not going to do something that will end in, you know, horror and apocalypse because it wouldn't do him any good. Uh, on the other hand, if he actually is even semi-unhinged, that brings in a whole nother group of possibilities, uh, some of which are too horrible to contemplate, uh, so we won't bother. But uh, nobody's quite sure. That stuff about Macron is just so interesting. I mean, because that doesn't sound like international diplomacy PRBS at all. It sounds like a guy who's met with another guy a number of times and says, boy, is he acting weird lately. Well, those how far he stays away from everybody on those those hundred foot long tables. That's yeah, weird. Very strange. That nobody else in the world's doing that. I mean, there's social distancing, but that you need to be a hundred feet away from me as we have this conversation. 
Something about COVID turned him weird. I wonder if he got a bad case of long-haul COVID or something. I wonder. He's got the mental fog. As Who a, knows? Because he has a weird look in his eyes these days. Or as a you know a guy pushing 70 who is, you know, super... You know, macho physically, you know, always wrestling alligators and shirtless riding horses and all that sort of stuff. If it was his first dose of, hey, I'm human too, damn it. Um, And then that twisted his mind in a certain direction. If he attacks anybody with a nuclear weapon, his name would be remembered for the rest of world history. Most people don't want to be remembered for the rest of world history for something bad. But who knows the way he looks at it? Right. If you want to be one of the great men of history. Well, and he thinks the dissolution of the Soviet Union was A, a disaster, and B, a humiliation. He was personally humiliated by it, which I hadn't really understood until I read something last night uh, on the topic. Um, You put all those factors together, you got a guy who might just want to hurt. You know, I hate to, at this heavy moment, quote the uh, Batman movie that Positive Sean, our former producer, likes so much. But (sighs) You're quoting Batman. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy. but uh, Not Churchill. He's he's half a man. He's half a bat. Nobody knows what he is. Not Reagan. Not not, uh, Plato. Just, you're going to want to go, okay. Well, just the whole, some men just want to see the world burn. They just want to administer punishment. And if he's one of those guys, then, uh, well, look the heck out. So uh, can you play that opening clip we opened the show with again? Because uh, that's pretty, it's short and it's interesting. Here. There is no purgatory for war criminals. They go straight to hell, Ambassador. That's the Ukrainian ambassador to the U.N. talking to the Russian ambassador to the U.N. saying that People who attack other innocent countries go straight to hell. The uh, Russian ambassador had the advantage of being in charge of the meeting and just gaveled it closed at that point. So it was over because that's the way the U.N. works. And Russia currently is in charge of the meeting. So the Security Council for the United Nations, which is supposed to keep the world safe, they rotate who's in charge, currently in charge, while Russia invades another country. This is the most significant thing that has happened in Europe in 70 years, according to the guy who runs NATO. Russia's in charge of that meeting and said, eh, we're done here. And I, nobody else can say, whoa, 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 no, the rest of us want to talk. This is a disaster. This could lead to a world war. No, I'm the chairman this week. I say no talking. That's all you need and to you know. you all wander back to your office. This is the, all you need to know about the so-called international community. It's a joke. <laughs> it's always been a joke. It always will be a joke hilarious if it weren't so dumb how do how do they not all stand up and say this is crazy that guy he's the guy that's invading another country he's gonna start a world war and we're gonna not have a meeting about it because he says he's in charge are we actually doing this are we sane are we crazy Okay, so the Security Council meeting's over. Is it okay? We're going to have the security team or, 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 or the super friends. We can call it anything we want. We're sitting at these desks, and we're going to be talking about it. You want to leave, Ivan, you leave. Well, no, they wander back to their offices. Then they go to a cocktail party. It's a gravy train, the, the, the U.N. I'm looking at the traffic jam going out of Kiev, which looks like a traffic jam in Kansas City or Omaha or San Jose or wherever in the country. You know um, what it reminds me of is when there's a hurricane coming at the southeast or something like that. But the cars aren't moving at all. I can't imagine 
what those people are thinking as they sit there in their cars with however much gas they got in their tank, probably their kids and some of their belongings, hoping a bomb doesn't fall on them while they're sitting there before they have a chance to get out of town. Oh, my God, what a feeling that would be. Well, and Putin said no civilians will be attacked, which means nothing, nothing at all. No, he has lied about uh, everything this past week or so. Unbelievable. We have uh, more on this, and we'd like to hear from you. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Four months from now. Tubbs could be out. A chilling warning about Hannah Tubbs from the man who until three weeks ago was prosecuting the convicted transgender child molester. He could work at a daycare. He could work anywhere and nobody will know. Deputy District Attorney Shea Sanna says he was removed from the Tubbs case this month after drawing attention to the jailhouse tapes of Tubbs first made public by Fox News. So this is the story of the L.A. child rapist who George Gascon is going to turn loose on the streets after a slap on the wrist. The alleged transgender person. You know, we got an email from somebody saying, why do you guys even bother with, you know, like referring to the Leah Thomas, the swimmer, who's whooping up on all the little girls in the pool, dude, uh, as her and the rest of it. It's a minefield these days, you know, with the activist groups, and they're so vicious and all. But this guy, this so-called Hannah Tubbs, who decided to come out as transgender, like after being prosecuted for uh, like a second child rape, not even the one we're talking about. I just I'm not buying it. All right. And and if you're part of whatever activist group or community or whatever, I'm telling you, as a guy who's witnessed causes and and and, you know, news stories and controversies my entire professional career, don't don't jump into the fight on this person's side. Well, yeah, no kidding. Which brings me to my ultimate point. Joe's ultimate point. Da 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 da. Yeah. So George Gascon, the fraudulent, half a Marxist, just utterly, utterly morally bankrupt uh, district attorney, Muppet of, talking. Uh, we cannot uh, prosecute our way out of the desperation that we have. What a bizarre statement. Uh, the 800-member Association of Deputy District Attorneys who work for L.A. County, the 800-member Association of Deputy District Attorneys just voted on whether they support the recall of George Gascon. Jack, would you like to guess at the percentage who said we're in favor of recalling Gascon? I'm hoping it's the vast majority. This is his own lieutenant's. 98% wow. said get rid of the guy. Wow. Well, that's 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 really good news. That's really good news. Um the the fact that he got elected is obviously troubling. Um I think it just gets back what I've been saying now for a long time. We we need to go back to paying attention to local races who we elect to our school boards and our DAs and that sort of stuff. Maybe we will now, but uh, the the fact that people are seeing what he's about and and everybody's reacting, no, no, this is insane. And he, seeing the inevitable good. results of his announced policies, 
Yeah, yeah. The ADDA president, Michelle Hennessy, said this vote is by those who are intimately familiar with how Mr. Gascon's policies actually play out on a day-to-day basis. We believe the vote of our members will resonate with the voters of L.A. as they decide whether to recall Gascon from office, uh, etc. you got to have a process. you got to have due process. you got to go through a process. But how many people are going to be beaten, robbed, killed, raped by people that, by, by scumbags that should be in jail until this guy gets thrown out? It was March of last year that crime victims and law enforcement officials announced they were launching a recall campaign against Gascon, whose 2020 campaign was funded by more than $2.5 million from the infamous George Soros. Gascon ran for district attorney on a promise of turning the court system upside down and eliminating cash bail. And the good, woke voters of L.A. turned out and said, yes, this brave reformer, please. So, yeah, there's hope. The San Francisco School District thing. The super woke uh, members who were dismantling education, involved in bizarre campaigns to rename schools. The voters tossed them out on their ears in, in huge numbers. And let's hope that continues around the country. So we're going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up about what's going on in Ukraine. He's a military expert. But there are reports that there are Chinese planes in Taiwan's airspace. If those reports are true and China is actually coordinating with Russia to uh, disrupt the world, then holy crap. Well, and even if they're not coordinating it, I mean, Chairman Xi knows an opportunity when he sees it. Right. So, uh, well, we'll talk to an expert about it coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Speaking to officials earlier, Ukrainian officials, and they're saying that the plan isn't just to surround the Ukrainian capital. They fear now that the plan is to take the capital, to decapitate the leadership of Ukraine, and to replace that leadership with a pro-Russian government. Well, uh, that's what everybody's wondering. It began uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning, Ukraine time, last night, if you're in the United States, with bombs dropping and a weird speech from Vladimir Putin in which he reminded the world that they are a powerful nuclear state and said uh, any resistance from other countries would be met in a way that uh, they've never seen before, which sounded like a threat of using nuclear weapons. Um, where the hell are we now? Yeah, in particular, he said you've never seen before in your history, which was an extra chilling little phrase that I think was not accidental. Uh, maybe we can start there with Mike Lyons. Mike had a distinguished career in the United States military and is a military analyst for a number of broadcast outlets, networks, uh, publications, etc. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, totally agree. We haven't heard a comment like that since, you know, Nikita Khrushchev. You know, we will bury you back in the 50s at the when the Cold War was, you know, hot and, and we were competing with Russia for the space race. But uh, we are in... You know, a time of of you know thirty years ago now, forty years ago, going to the height of the Cold War from the from the 80s, really, and uh, just not sure where it's going to go. It's just, it, it's not been the shock and awe that I thought it was going to be. I was monitoring early and seeing what's gone on the past 12 hours, um, but it's clear Ukraine was not on this war footing. They just did not take this thing seriously at all. And I'm, I'm afraid as, as time's going to go on, it's just going to get a lot worse. So do, do, do we read that right? Does the world read that right, those words from Putin? that you think that's a, a threat of don't get in my way, I will use nukes? 
Oh, I think so. Uh, and I think the question is, you know, to, who's who's that nuke getting pointed to? It's going to come from wherever he thinks uh, that uh, the help is coming from. So if it's any place in Western Europe, I think that it's uh, potentially a nuclear weapon. It's a missile. It's something that's going to go deep into Western Europe someplace. Um, you know, God forbid, if he thinks about launching some ICB in, into the United States, that, then, you know, I don't I can't, yeah, again, un, unimaginable situation, but a lot of people thought this was unimaginable. So we're dealing with someone that, you know, the, the, what's this deterrence? And is, is it mutually assured destruction again? He seems to have escalated to that spot right away of, of um, you know, if you, do, if you start something, I'm going to escalate this very quickly. Well, maybe now's the time to bring up what Jack and I have been discussing, and that is there are a handful of world leaders who have said openly, in essence, there's something wrong with Putin, or there's something that's changed about the guy. He's not the guy he used to be. Have you been following that at all? Do you think it's possible he's, uh, you know, yeah. twisted somehow? Well, it's a little bit. He's getting older. I mean, he's been at the job now for a while, late 60s, early 70s, I think, right? How old he is. I mean, he's, he's on a timeline himself. He wants to get this done in his lifetime when he still can control things. I think that um, that obviously has to weigh into what he's thinking. And he could have been twisted 20 years ago. He just, you know, hit it very well. And, you know, he's not going to get invited to Davos anymore. And a lot of the things that he, you know, that we, we kind of curried favor up to him in the past. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. He's, he's on a timeline now at this point and, and that, that the, the train left the station. So it's, it's just a matter of how, what timeline he's actually on and how, you know, how we're going to follow it. Well, he mentioned the denazification of Ukraine. He's going to get rid of all the Nazis. I mean, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, it, I don't know. And that's where a lot of the things he said is so really he's talking only to Russian citizens now at this point, And I don't think he he cares about anything going in the other direction um, as he's going to need the support of of, uh, of the whole Russia community in order to continue to support this war like anything else. And already you're seeing reports of Russian soldiers being killed and helicopters going down. I just did not expect that to happen this early on in the battle. And what, what Russia has got to fight against now is the distance. It's still a pretty good distance to get from kind of where they're starting this war to where they have to get to um, in terms of miles. You know, it's three or 400 miles from the border to Kiev and to the centers of gravity. We saw them go after the military targets like we, you and I have talked about. We've talked about that. That's exactly what they did. They went after the Air Force on the ground. They went after um, supply depots. They were doing that initially. But in order to take this land, they're going to have to, you know, eventually roll their tanks through the Ukrainian countryside. And that's just going to take them, looks like now, more than a few days. And they're going to get punched in the face along the way. So judging as a man with your experience by what you've seen so far, what do you think the intention is? Is it a, a massive occupation? Is it a decapitation move? What do you think? Well, no, it's definitely taking the whole country based on the the amount of attacks that have come from the north in Belarus. And the as a military person, Ukraine's the challenge is the river, the Dnieper River that cuts it the country in half. And if they just came from one side of that river, they would have a breaching problem of coming over it. Now, like I said, I don't think Ukraine has been on this war footing, but that it's enough of an obstacle that would ensure that wouldn't ensure them success of taking the whole country. But the fact that you're seeing these um, MLRS and the, the rocket attacks that took place on the other side in, in, in the western part of Ukraine, plus the troops that are coming from the north, they, they've already breached that river, so they've got they've got forces on both sides now. And I think that's that's the biggest obstacle that they had, which tells me that they want the whole country. Well, long term, it's going to be a problem for Russia, obviously, because there'll be an insurgency and the you know the economic sanctions and going against the uh, after the oligarchs' yachts and money and all that sort of stuff. 
you know, will have an effect. But short term, it seems like there's only two ways this could go. Russia just occupies the country in a very violent way. Or the world takes him on and the world isn't going to take him on. So, yeah, yeah, there's no capacity to take him on, at least directly. Uh, with tr- with troops, and you know that you know, we we had three hundred thousand troops once in Western Europe. Those days are over. So, it's it's that's why it's not going to happen. That's what the, that's what he's calculated. And he's just calculated that eventually the world is going to either forgive and forget. And obviously, China continues to backstop him uh, financially. And I think that's what's why this is whole thing has created this another Cold War. This 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 um, you know Iron Curtain again that's going to exist now between Russia and the rest of the world. We just have to hope the Baltics are. It, of the next issue, right? Because um, he has a city, Kaliningrad. He's got a small patch of land to the north there, right on the Baltic Sea. And if he decides he wants to now attach that back to Russia through Belarus, that means Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and that, that's Article 5, that's NATO, that's World War Three. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, it's probably worth mentioning for folks who aren't, aren't up on this that uh, while this is shocking in its way, this invasion of Ukraine, uh, this is, what, the fourth uh, a g- conquest that Putin Putin has launched in the last twenty years, right? And and each time he's never been really punished for it. Um, you know, I, and there's a lot of a lot going back today on whose fault this is, Trump's fault. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's so much to blame for that. But the bottom line is when he you know he took Crimea when he when he went into Georgia. Um, Chechnya, all these other places, nothing happened, and he got he got caught up in a couple of those places for a while. Chechnya, in particular, but um, but not, never really punished for Crimea, and that al- allowed him to establish that that separatist vision. You, know, you look at the pictures that are coming back from the Donbas area that is controlled by the Russian separatists there, and they're trench warfare. I mean, the, for the last five years, they've been digging trenches and you know, kind of digging in on both sides. Well, now. It's just going to all get bypassed. We're not going to kind of worry about that. But it just shows you the level of combat that they were that took place down there was just to me again just you know 100 years ago kind of kind of thing. That's what what was going on. You mentioned China. There are some reports out that Chinese planes have been in Taiwan's airspace, coordinated, not coordinated. China seeing an opportunity. What do you think about that? Yeah, if if we now see China decide to act aggressively on uh, on, on Taiwan right now, I again I'm not sure this administration has the bandwidth to handle something like that. They're 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 kind of barely keeping their head above water right now, um, and maybe NATO does stick together with this. But that's uh, you know there's no NATO in that part of the world. There's, that's not you know it's going to be all U.S. Navy assets. We don't really have some of those resources there, but. Um, to show that level of aggression for what actually is also going on, it, it's not it's not a good sign. So uh, you know we, we think that the Chinese leader is somewhat rational. That's the whole thing about you know IR theory is rational leaders are out there, but um, maybe that's just not the case there. Maybe this maybe this is the beginning of what's going to be you know five or six years of, of prolonged combat in in places where we just never expected it. Well, and there are incremental steps China could make, too, not just trying to take Taiwan, but they have all sorts of disputed islands that Japan claims or the Philippines claim, and China says, no, they're ours. They might snatch up a handful of those just to see what happens, just more probing. Right. The ones in the South China Sea that they've been building atolls on and, um, you know, that they're putting missile sites on them, again, not hotels and the like, um, they're, they're really concerned about that. The, the other kind of wild card to me in this is India with a billion people and has um, potential to do 
damage in in the in the world economy and if they decide to you know from from an army from a military perspective um you know they they are right now siding with russia frankly uh, and i don't think that's another good sign as well so um you know the the way that the polls are lining up um for for us right now it's going to take real diplomatic heroic efforts to get some of these countries back back in the game, France, Germany in particular. I mean, you know, the UK's in. Some of them are in, but um, they're, they're just they're, – they're, and then half-heartedly, it was, I think, at the end of the day, they're going to just kind of shut down and say, well, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a fait complete. Russia is going to take Ukraine. Mm. Military analyst Mike Lyons. Mike's, uh, Mike, thanks so much for the perspective. Uh, troubling but really interesting stuff, and let's stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Russia is going to take Ukraine – how bloody it is and what the videos look like, I don't know. Um, but they're going to take Ukraine. The world is going to make all kinds of noises about how awful it is. And the economic sanctions and all that stuff will happen. Over time, that might be very, very painful to Russia. But short term, like in the coming weeks, days and weeks, Russia's Putin's just taking a country. Yeah. And he's going to get away with it, at least for a while. Yeah, wow. I he drove me to uh, Mike Lyons drove me to doing a little research. I did not realize our good friends, the Indians, who we have propped up for a long time after luring them away from the Soviet orbit back in when the sixties. I can't remember, uh, or no, is it later than that? Uh, so they're leaning Russia's way again. Good lord, what does it take to buy a friend in the international scene these days? <sighs> wow, India's statement. On the U.N., lacked condemnation of the Russian attack on Ukraine. Wow. I'm looking at a video on CNN. Um, People are lined up outside of ATMs. ATMs are running out of money. Fuel stations are running out of gas. It's going to be really ugly to be a, a, a citizen of Ukraine over those coming weeks and months I was just talking about. But, um... The world is not going to stop this from happening. Yeah, just one more thing. I'm reading that uh, Ukraine's envoy pleaded for India's intervention in the conflict, saying a strong voice of India might make Vladimir Putin think, uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the words that he got were deeply dissatisfying, he said. Wow. Putin's counting on the fact that uh, he's he's saved up enough money that he can weather the, sh- the sanctions. The sanctions will erode over time, like you've been saying this week. Six months, a year from now, Germany's going to say, eh, forgive and forget, like Mike just said. Forgive and forget. Let's get that Nord Stream thing going. And uh, I think that's a likely outcome. Sure, they'll exact some sort of phony concessions out of Russia that don't actually mean anything so they can save face in front of NATO, and they'll do what's in their national interest. Way too many things are called historic. But the president of Russia, who has the biggest stop stockpile of nuclear weapons on the planet, mentioning that in a speech and saying, get in my way, and you're going to see a response like you've never seen before, that's a heck of a thing. That's yeah. a heck of a thing. That yeah. don't happen every day. Well, and honestly, saying, and you are absolutely correct, that he has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons on the planet, That while that is true, if he had five, that would be plenty. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he's got uh, hypersonic missiles. I was just reading the IC- ICBMs can reach Great Britain in 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty realistic threat. Well, how you doing? 
Other than that, things are going well in the world. Wow. We, people roughly our age, lived through, I was talking to a guy roughly my age yesterday about this. We lived through a period that is practically unprecedented and may never come again in world history of peace and prosperity. That just, you know, it's not the history of the world. We were Hope fortunate. you enjoyed it, everybody. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Thanks I for liked, coming. I liked it a lot. I want to go back to a couple of years ago when it was like that. Everything from you go to the grocery store and what you want is there. The United States runs the world and crappy countries don't do crappy things because they're too scared. And Our politicians don't call each other Nazis constantly. And all kinds of gas, things. Gas reasonably affordable. Exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hyperinflation didn't exist. I guess I shouldn't call it hyperinflation. It's not there yet, but inflation wasn't uh, really a worry for for decades and decades and decades. Yeah, the last ah, forty, the last forty times. years were a, a pretty fun run. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good time, but it appears to be over. Uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Biden put out a statement laying out the qualities he's looking for in uh, Supreme Court justice. He wants someone with a keen understanding of the Constitution, comprehensive knowledge of jurisprudence, someone who'll be who'll do everything in his or her power to get Hawaii Five O back on the air. The old one with Jack Lord uh, must always have a bowl of hard lemon candy, strong pinocchio player, and a gal who puts her britches on one gam at a time. <laughs> wow. And uh, that old president who's being mocked even by uh, lefty comedians is speaking a little later today. I don't have high hopes for a Churchillian, Thatcherian, Reagan-like strong speech that makes the free world feel led. I don't have hopes for that. I'm setting my sight for Jimmy Carter-esque and crossing my fingers. You know, not to take it seriously, because mocking old man Biden and the, the imbecile uh, VP is good fun. <laughs> and it's fun the family can enjoy together. Uh, but we have a problem. We have, well, we have a senile old man and an imbecile at, in the top two offices in America, which so far we've gotten away with okay, although now we do see the evildoers around the planet probing like crazy. I, it could get way worse. I hope not. I really, really hope not. I hope the awesome might of our military, God bless y'all in uniform, um, and, and just whatever realizing that there will be a new administration soon and 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 god help you if you've aroused the vengeance of of the american people anyway uh, i found this story really interesting this happens sometimes in tech in broadcasting in in tv chinese news media got a series of instructions for how to cover the ukraine conflict and then the stuff to actually publish they accidentally posted the instructions along with the actual text. We show up to work and our corporate overlords hand us a piece of paper what we're allowed to say every day. That's right, comma. They do. 
So Chinese news media posted instructions to social platforms about how to approach coverage on Ukraine, including a note of China's need of Russian support with Taiwan. One outlet appeared to accidentally post the guidelines on what should and should not be published, while an editor from another outlet weighed in with guidance on language and approaches he believed necessary in walking a fine line. This guy you've never heard of and can't pronounce, senior editor at Unpronounceable News Agency, wrote in his WeChat blog about how his outlet needed to walk a tight line on its Ukraine coverage, noting that China, quote, has to back Russia up with emotional and moral support while refraining from treading on the toes of the United States and the European Union, Uh, etc. In the future, China will also need Russia's understanding and support when wrestling with America to solve the Taiwan issue once and for all. The post of this closely Communist Party-tied publishing official read, he said, it doesn't hurt to use moderately pro-Russia language. Uh, Amateur translation of another uh, social media account owned uh, by the uh, Communist Party-owned Beijing News appeared to post similar instructions. Amateur translation on Twitter claimed that the post said, from now on, for Ukraine-related topics, post them on Weibo. All posts on Shimian first, and then on our major account to promote Shimian. Don't post anything against Russia or pro-West. Let me review your words before posting. So that's how it works. Oil is at $106 a barrel. It hit 100 for the first time in a very long time just the other day. Gas is going to get expensive. What will the Westerns will be, Western worlds will be to stand up against these gas prices, I wonder. Armstrong and Getty.